Loading Erica's podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Live from New York City, it's the Erica Finn Show. And your host who gets up close and personal with celebrities from the stage and beyond, Erica Finn. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am really excited because I have a great show for you tonight. My guest tonight has appeared on Broadway in Gypsy, White Christmas in Chicago, among others, and is currently playing the role of Gaby in the Broadway revival of On the Town, for which both him and the show received Tony nominations. Tony Yazbeck, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be on your show. It's great to meet you. Um, Great to meet you, too. Thanks. Yeah, I was I was doing some research on you, and I saw something that was so heartwarming and sweet. I read that as a kid, you, you had an extremely supportive mother, and that she drove you two hours each day so that you could be in news uh, in Gypsy as a newsboy. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, my, my first probably show was uh, Gypsy at eleven years old with Tyne Daly, and uh, we lived in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania at the time. And uh, we we got this job, and uh, my mom, she uh, we didn't move. We decided to commute, and it was basically off and on for two years. And she would drive me into New York and back to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, uh, every day. And then on Wednesdays we had two shows. I went to school for like you know two classes and got out, and she drove me uh, she drove me straight from school. So how did you work that out with school? I mean, did you have to do some homeschooling? Like, what was? No, they sort of just made a deal. You know, it was kind of like um, uh, those classes I would make up later, or I would, I would get the homework that I missed, you know, uh, from those classes, and just take it to the theater with me. And so the time that I was not on stage, I would always constantly be doing homework, and then going. It was it was not the easiest thing to do, but I think they still do it. So what was Nowadays. your mom doing? Was she going to the show every night? What was she doing with herself? <laughs> well, for yeah, she was basically <laughs> driving to the show every night. And there were a couple mothers that, you know, that that would uh, drive not as far as we were driving, but um, um, she was she was kind of like the constant. She was that kind of show mother where literally her full time job was helping her kids, you know. And I had two younger sisters, and sometimes they would come along as well, depending on who was taking care of who and. And uh, it was it was a full time job for my mom. Yeah. Like without that support, like that early on, do you think you'd be doing what you're doing now? Like no, not at all. Um, I I started really young, and I knew um, I I started at four years old, and I was watching Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers on TV, and my parents saw that, and and they saw me so entranced by this dancing, they put me in in class, and and it's I would I don't know if it's rare anymore, but I I do feel like. The reason why I got to where I am is because I had parents who had full belief in my desires to do what I needed to do. And I, I do think that, you know, the desire to, especially as an artist, to do what you want to do starts very young in some kind of form. And um, it's almost like I felt very meant to do it, like a calling in a sense. Um, and, and my parents saw it and they felt like they got to keep this kid in class. He loves it, you know. Um, so uh, we didn't have much money either, and that's what was remarkable about it. They sacrificed a whole heck of a lot to keep me uh, to keep me going with what I wanted to do. So um, yeah, it really is about good parenting, I think, at a young age. And and also like that allowing you to believe in your dream because I think there's a lot of parents out there that are you know and rightly so just say oh I want you to take a practical route you know get a master's in 
you know, or a JD or a, a medical degree, right. become a, a lawyer, doctor. You know, it's so I think it's um, to just allow your kid at such a young age to really just follow his passion is incredible. It's a tribute to your parents. It, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's it's hard for parents maybe to see that right away at such a young age, but. You know, life goes fast, and and when, if we're if we're dedicated to what we're doing, and we love it that much, um, I mean, especially as an artist, I mean, the arts is the reason why we can all connect together and come to deeper meaning. You know, and so 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 if you see a kid that really wants to follow that, hopefully you you support them, and then you just get out of the way so they can just do it and do what they love to do. You know, in that way. And I know you went on to go to a performing arts high school and then college, and then uh, you yes. toured with Annie Get Your Gun, which is yeah, a that was great the, show. that was sort of the first that was the first uh, professional like big time like national tour professional job I had out of college, uh, which sort of paid off my loans and and uh, it got me started in my feet. Like as soon as I was done with that tour, I went to New York and sort of felt like a real New Yorker now and and. Uh, allowed me to get my own apartment in New York, you know, and that kind of thing. So I I tell a lot of people, sometimes when you come out of college, one of the first greatest jobs you could have, especially if you have loans to pay on this, is a national tour because um, if you get in the right production, in the right production contract, you can, they can pay your way to live and eat and, and then you get a, you know, it's like a per diem and then they pay your paycheck too. So you can kind of like save a lot of money uh, when you're on the road. Yeah, that's a whereas really good point. I've never thought about. Yeah, because yeah, like whereas you're if you're in New York, yeah, it, it it's it's harder to save money in that sense when you're in New York. Oh, you're Even bleeding money in New York. <laughs> you can't. You do. You, you sort of bleed, bleed it, and you have to survive. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you don't have. You know, if you're smart, you go on the road, and you don't have rent to pay anywhere else. So you you're you're able to just take as much money as you can and put it in your savings account. So when you come back to New York, you have a cushion. Um, it's, it's, it's a great way to start when you're coming out of college. And was it was that intentional, or is it kind of something that you look back and realize? Like at the time, did it you wasn't I'm- intentional at all. I, I you know I came to New York. Um, my whole my whole career has been sort of based on belief and just faith that I was going to do it, just because I didn't have much money at all. And and frankly, I left college my third year and had no money, a hundred bucks in my pocket, and went to New York. And um, this is before the tour, and I stayed on the couch, and uh, this lady who helped me, she turned out to be an agent, and she was sort of, um, just said, do you mind if I send you in for a couple of things? And one of them was the Eddie Gun uh, tour, and I, this was about four weeks into live, staying, living on a couch and uh, having no money, and uh, ended up booking it and uh, started rehearsals right away. Um, so sometimes you just kind of have to, you know, follow your instinct and what you know you have to do, and uh, sometimes it'll it so sometimes works out. <laughs> was leaving college during your third year is that part of your instinct? Like what what prompted it? It was. Um, it, it was. I had the choice to stay, and it was it was sort of a, a, a place in my life where I wasn't sure. I was a little miserable as far as you know. I just I wasn't sure what what to do. Um, you know, I I was at a school that was very reputable, but I I wasn't sure. You know, if, if if I was growing as much as I wanted to, I wasn't sure if personally I was, like, the happiest where I was. I knew that I wanted to keep learning and keep finding great teachers, um, but uh, I wasn't sure if I really had to have the degree. And what I realized uh, ever since then is, you know, when, you, when you're when you going into an artistic field, um, 
nobody needs a degree. You need good teachers. And uh, the degree is great for certain things if you're going to use it for something. But as an actor, um, if you're going to a school to graduate a school to say you went to a school, well, nobody cares about that. <laughs> what they care about is that you're really good at what you do. Sure. And and that you've grown up to be a really good person in the in the meantime. So so um, that's sort of what I like to tell people now is you know if I'm teaching or is um, go to a school that has really good teachers. Don't don't listen to other people that say that's the best school. Well, why? You know, is it is it just because it's been rated, or is it because you have sought out those teachers and you've looked at their classes and you've seen how inspir- inspirational they ha- they are? Otherwise, it's a lot of money down the drain, and you you might be miserable. Is there is there one um, thing in particular that um, you know that always sticks with you that you learned from one of your teachers? Um, I have a lot of I have well not too many, but I have a couple of great teachers from college, and and um, one of them that has always stuck out uh, uh, is um, you know my one of my acting teachers from college talked about opening and closing and um, and the true the trueness of the ability to like express with an open heart rather than uh, anything that could be possibly closed and how the how your body can literally help you open up as an actor his um, vulnerability as an artist is everything and uh, if we can't do that then we're basically just cheating an audience and uh, we might as well just tell them all to go home. So um, this, this particular teacher really helped and with a lot of different exercises in class, helped me understand how to open up and surprise myself uh, with how vulnerable I could possibly become, you know. So that, that was great. Does learning how to be, you know, getting in touch with that vulnerability in your professional life, do you find that translates to your personal life? Does that improve your ability to express yourself in your personal life? I think so. It, it, it definitely makes you more confident with who you are, and it makes you more confident with talking to other people, and you're not as afraid to just be honest and really real and genuine and, and to show those different sides of you. And, um, and if you need to be there for somebody else, you, you kind of you you understand that sometimes to connect to somebody, you really have to be, hard, like, you know, heartfelt way on their level. And uh, I think I think it really helps. You know, I I think I think your life can can help your art. And your art can help your life in that way. Um, because um, what I've found is, you know, if if you're not a real kind, genuine, compassionate person in life, it it's it, it doesn't help your career or your art much at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very similar in the other way. You know, if you can't vulnerably um, in an unselfish way come across. Uh, open in your art. Um, who knows if we can trust you in life? I, you know, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really interesting. Yeah, that's that's profound for sure. Yeah. Was there one particular um, moment, you know, being when, when once you were in New York, um, where you said, "I've made it. This is, you know, I finally I've made, made it. it." Oh gosh. Yeah. Cliche uh, sound. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you know it's funny is like, uh, gosh, I think some I I don't know I don't know if I'm trying to think the first thought of it possibly. Um, one of the best feelings was probably when I booked a chorus line um, uh, in like 2006 or so, and it it sort of felt like it was a moment where I could not 
maybe just break out of the ensemble with the chorus a little bit and say, this is who I am, and somebody saw that in an audition and decided to choose me because they saw me tell a story in a very simple way. Um, and that felt like a great acknowledgement to feel like this person noticed that I have something to give. Um, and hopefully you can expand upon that. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think, I think it's an interesting question because I think we're all always searching for that. Mm-hmm. And as an artist, you know, you always feel like you, you can do better. You know, I have a, a constant problem I'm always dealing with, which is like I'm I'm, I'm a really hard worker and I'm my big I'm my worst critic. You know, I'm, I'm never. It's hard for me to be so satisfied when when I'm creating. I always want it to be, to be better and better and better. I'm getting better at it, I think, but it's something I've lived with for a very long time. And um, so who knows? You know, that might make you as talented as you are. You know, maybe that's what, you know, having that drive, you know, it's like you're not sitting back saying, all right, I'm, you know, I, I just performed perfectly, right? Because then you would kind of lose right. the drive to keep trying your hardest. Yeah, I don't think you can ever perform perfectly. I don't, there's, yeah. like, I've done 300 shows of On the Town already. And uh, I look back and there's probably, like, Ten shows that I look at and go, wow, I had a great show, <laughs> like a great show, you know. What, what makes a great show things. for you? Um, I guess when you when you have certain things in the show that you feel like maybe have been a challenge, or maybe um, there's like there's little little stumbling blocks where you feel like I can make that better, I can make that better, I can make that better, and then you sort of make them all better in one show, and you're like, I did it. And of course, the next day it's just ne- it's never going to be the same. But uh, <laughs> but th- those are those are great moments when you feel like um, you know, oh, I just did four pirouettes and I sang my high note with with an effortlessness and I lifted my partner in the dream ballet uh, perfectly. That that's it's rare that everything is perfect. Um, but that's that's what live theater is all about. You know, you're seeing things in the moment. And now you're a great dancer. What's your uh, dancing background? What's your training? Well, I, I started dancing when I was four. Uh, I was a tap dancer, and I'm still sort of a tap dancer at heart. Um, and I, I, I grew up sort of doing that and learning from all the old MGM movies. And then, uh, you know, I started taking uh, ballet in high school. Um, and uh, and then in college, it was all about my modern class. Um, the, the most amazing teacher, his name is Doug Benz. He was from Point Park University. still there awesome guy and uh he was uh talk about a disciplinarian of a teacher he just he knew how to make it better and um he sort of taught me how to dance in a way where i could literally pick up any style of dance and understand how to make it work um and uh it it really changed my life oh, wow yeah and i love the choreography of the show, of the show. i might be a little biased because i happen to love josh uh josh yeah Bogosh. he's I, great I grew up in Michigan, and I went to his mom's dance studio growing up, and he taught my sister. So, small world, you know. But, oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's great. But um, I saw you were in Smash. So, did you know Josh before um, he choreographed On the Town? You know, I knew him basically from Smash. I mean, we mm-hmm. I'd known of him for years. Um, he had done shows on Broadway. He was as a performer, and I had done shows on Broadway, and then, I'd always heard about how great he was for years, and and then we sort of worked around each other on Smash for a couple of episodes, um, and then I, I, you know, it's funny. I had a meeting with him, um, 
at the at the studios where where they were shooting Smash, and I said, you know, we need to work together sometime, and we need to collaborate. We need to do something together. He's like, yeah, I would love that. And then all of a sudden, like about a year later, this happened where we worked at Barrington Stage Company and and put this show up, and it was almost like we sort of put it out there, like a prayer almost, you know, and just kind of put this, said, we got to do this, you know, and it sort of just erupted and happened, and and uh, he's been a great collaborator. He really has. He's, he's, he's great at what he does. Yeah, so you did it at Barrington, and then ultimately, of course, it came to Broadway. So how did it come about? Um, you know, at what stage did you realize that you were going to be playing the role of Gaby on Broadway? Um, audition? Yeah. Was it a kind of informal conversation? No, How did it I didn't work? have to audition. I, mm-hmm. I, I worked with the same director who did this, did the City Center Encores version, and I did that about seven years ago. And um, that was a big success there, and it sort of just ended. And and I think everybody on the project wished it, it went forward because it was so much fun and exciting. And this director always wanted to do it again, John Rando. And so he got to do it and brought Josh Bergas on board and, and then he gave me a ring and said, you want to do this? I hope you do. And uh, I said, I'd, I'd do this show with you in a heartbeat, you know, anywhere. So we just thought it was going to be like a summer stock kind of let's have fun in the Berkshires thing. We had no idea it was going to become this monster hit. And the New York Times was going to rave. And then every producer from who knows what was taking a trip up to the Berkshires to come see us. Um, so we sort of knew that something was possible probably after that. Uh, New York Times review came up, and then we 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 heard about all these uh, producers, you know. And so we were crossing our fingers that maybe something would happen. Um, but uh, you know, I got the call later on after uh, our producer Howard Kagan got on board and said, "I want to do this," and we got a theater. And uh, he personally called me and said, "We have a theater. We're going to go to Broadway." And and I was like, "Here we go." Happiest you know? day ever. <laughs> it was it was a good day. Because mm-hmm. it's it's always been a role I've love I've loved to play and to put it on you know to do it in this theater with this size orchestra it's like just like a dream come true you know yeah and I mean you got a Tony nomination for your role pretty pretty yeah incredible. how was it's that been a, it's pretty fun it's been a pretty wacky fun exciting acknowledging year um, in that way and very humbling as well it's uh, it's helped me remember it really has helped me remember all the people that helped me get here so it's uh it's one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, Tony Amishin, but people don't understand this. When, when that happens, you know, you, you don't you don't think that's ever going to happen. It just, you look at it with other people and you just say, I'm just going to do good work. And when it happens to you, you sort of get really humble and, and realize, whoa, what just happened? And, and you look back over the years, all the people that helped you understand how to do a character like that and uh all the training it took and you know your parents involvement and it's uh it's quite humbling you know the cum- culmination of everything yeah were yeah. you had you been to the tonys before or was this your first time no i had performed on the tonys actually three different times before this uh, I think oh wow the, okay the, big, the biggest time was uh was a chorus line when we when we were nominated that year um but uh i was trying to think another time oklahoma and then i did some hal prince tribute um, somewhere in the, be- in, the in between those, um, but uh, no, I, n- nothing ever like this. Not not like uh, you know, getting up out of my seat, singing to Josh Groban, giving Anna Wintour flowers, <laughs> and dancing with Cheetah Rivera great. and Rita Wilson. That that, that was definitely uh, that was that great. Was a high, a high yeah. point for me. Were you nervous? <laughs> yeah, I was actually. I was really nervous, and um, it my you know, I 
I, I just didn't want to screw it up. It was forever on YouTube. You know, that's all I'm thinking of right, myself. Right. Please just do a good job, you know. And, you did. Uh, you did. <laughs> my, uh, my wife was, um, was a, a, sort of across the theater, but in the same aisle. And it was about a minute till they were going to air the, the, the number, and I was you know, going to start. And and uh, she looked at me, and I saw her, and, and she said, I love you, like whispering. And I was like, I love you too. And she said, just breathe. And I, I breathed, and, and uh, I felt much better and kind of had some confidence. Um, I was kind of grateful that moment happened right before we went on. Yeah, no, it was it was a great uh yeah, I loved I loved watching it. I was actually just watching it before um I got on the phone with you again to um and it just it just makes you smile. It's just such a happy show, just overall. It is, yeah. It's a really I'm like glad. uplifting, fun show. You know, it's Oh, thanks. I just really enjoy it. Now, on the flip side, <laughs> what what's that moment like, you know, I mean, unfortunately you didn't win the Tony. Um, and I got to imagine, I just, it's like, on top of not winning, you have like cameras on you and they're making uh-huh. an announcement and mm-hmm. it's like, is that when your acting skills come in to just like, that's <laughs> a big smile? Oh, you I know, mean, you know, what's funny is like, I never expected a win to happen. You know, some people would like to tell me, oh, they're talking about you. They're talking about, I mean, it, the fact that I was nominated was, you know, it was, it was everything. Um, and a win is sort of just like a little bit more frosting on the cake. It's not really, um, in my opinion, I think being just acknowledged and having that whole month of press and feeling like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm so honored to feel like a nominee and it's just forever. That's enough, you know, I mean. And so if you get announced, it's no matter what, it's going to be a surprise. Because, you know, you got five people in a category who are all giving great reviews. So you're like, it could be anybody. Um, but I sort of had a hunch that Michael might have, might win it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny is um, uh, our buddies, and I, I told them in the, the morning rehearsal, I said, I hope you win, man, because you're just a good guy and your performance is fantastic. And I'm sure everyone sees that. So it, I'm, I'm really rooting for you. And he just... He was like, wow, that's like such a nice compliment. And I said, I mean it, you know. And I mean, I don't think anybody is dying to win it. I think it's just, you know, it is what it is. There's 850 voters, and they vote what they want. And, and you're just so happy to be there, you know. It's an incredible honor to be on the Tonys. It's like, whoa, you know. Absolutely. And it does look like, you know, a great month for the nominees. Yeah, I mean, like you said, all the press, like, just all the lunches and the, you know, really just getting to celebrate with all this other talented, all your talented peers. It just, right. Like you said. Yeah, and that's what it was. Favorite. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's like this big honeymoon for, for the Broadway show you're in. Yeah. You know, and you just, you're hoping the show gets press and, and everybody's rounded and, and the, the, you know, you're talking to the press about the show and, and why people should come see it. And, and um, it's, it's a great, exciting time for that. And then when the Tonys are over, you can, Go to sleep finally. <laughs> <laughs> Big sigh. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Now I yeah. love I love that your bio says that your biggest achievement is marrying your wife. That's yes. points for women across America for that. <laughs> oh man, I I wouldn't I don't know what I'd do with myself. Um, mm. she's she's honestly been like um, more than just a supporter. It's like she's dealt with my physical ailments from the show. She's she deals with the fact that, like, my schedule's crazy. She is, she's, like, you know, forgiven me for not spending as much time with her as I should be because of the schedule. I mean, it's like, 
she's she's just been there and um uh, you know i promised her i when I, when i'm done with this show we're going to go on a major honeymoon i mean i was like cuz we never got a honeymoon when we got married i guess i went straight into the show wow and uh i said we have got i owe you you know you do um, yeah <laughs> where are you going to take her <laughs> yeah. so I, she, she wherever she wants she says she just wants to be on a beach she doesn't want to work no cell phones no nothing just mm-hmm. just like let's just spend time together um but yeah uh, uh, ever since she came into my life everything has gotten better you now know she's you, in the business so, with you right she's in you met yeah, the show yeah yeah mm-hmm. So she can yes, understand she, what she does understand, and mm-hmm. she she gets it, and she's a very very peaceful kind spirit. So when everything is frantic, um, she sort of just she has the right remedy to just bring everything down to what's important and make me understand that you know the the, the ground is beneath me and it's okay to stand on it and I don't have to worry so much and um, so that kind of presence in your life automatically just helps everything else, you know? Um, uh, so, you know, it's, it's been wonderful just being, being able to have that in your life. And so it's, you know, all you can do is hope that you're the same back, you know? How did you propose to her? Oh, I, you know, it was sort of a personal thing where I was uh, in her, um, uh, her family lives, uh, they have a house in Maine and we were um, vacationing at Christmas and it was Christmas Eve and I surprised her and the ring was under the mattress and oh. I came into her room and I, you know, and she had no idea and, and, um, and, uh, but her parents sort of did. So I, I debriefed them the day before that I was going to do this and they were all excited and, and, um, and then we celebrated and I think we probably picked the date and the venue and all these things like that day. I mean, it was it was very fast. We were just like, let's get on it. <laughs> let's lock it up. <laughs> let's lock it up. You know, what, yeah, we didn't want to we didn't want to wait too long. We just wanted to get married. So, what kind of things do you guys like to do together in your free time? I know you don't have that much of it, but when you yeah, do, like on a Monday. Um, <laughs> on a Monday. Well, uh, we love mornings, like, in a sense of if, when we do get up at a good, good hour, like, just coffee and, like, time for each other. Like, we'll, we'll try to take walks to the park, walks to the coffee shop near us, and and um, that always helps. That always starts our day off really well when we're, we're in, like, really good communication, like, right away in the beginning of the day. It just kind of keeps everything grounded. Um, but on, like, a Monday, or like, we have a... We have a car in the city. Sometimes we'll just get out of New York because it's too much to handle. Sometimes yeah. we'll go to we'll go somewhere in Jersey or we'll go somewhere upstate. We'll see a movie. We'll go out to dinner. Um, that's always been really great to have. Um, but um, gosh, it's yeah, it's it's been a while since we've had a full day off, actually. Now, you recently announced that you're releasing an album based on mm-hmm. your solo show, The Floor Above Me. So, congrats on that. What, Thank uh, you. When is that coming out? Uh, well, we just recorded it Monday and Tuesday. It'll be out August 11th, I believe. You can pre-order it now on the uh, PS Classics website. Um, they're the same guys who did our incredible uh, uh, two-disc album of On the Town. And uh, they've done so many, so many Broadway shows this year, actually. Um, but they're fantastic, and 
Um, I'm really excited. I think there's about 16 tracks on this one. Um, total, like a, a very eclectic group of songs. Some old MGM standard things that I grew up listening to, and then some new things that I put a spin on, like like Coldplay and Joni Mitchell and and um, Jamie Collum, and I just um, sort of weaving in a little bit of my story, uh, trying to get a little personal on the album um, from cool. when I was a kid up until uh, up until finding my wife at the end, and and uh, it's I, I was excited to. Haven't you know? They said that this was the first time that they were putting a a solo show on an album, in the way it is on stage, but making it more of a an actual studio recording. Um, so we edited it for a listening audience rather than someone watching it at the at a nightclub or something. And and um, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Now, will you be going back to, do you have any plans to go back to 54 Below in the next couple of months? Well, I'm actually going to Birdland um, the end of this the end of this month, June 28th at 9 p.m. Uh, my show will be at Birdland. I'm really, really excited about it. Oh, great. Yeah. That's a great venue, too. Really nice venue. Yeah, it's, it, should be, it should be a really explosive show. We're going to put, um, I'm going to transform the stage and put, make it a wood floor, and there's a lot of tap dance in the show. I've got Amazing guest performers, uh, Clyde Alves, who co-stars with me on on the town. He'll be in the show. And Melinda Sullivan, who is probably the best tap dancer I've ever seen. <laughs> she's uh, she's going to be there with me, my five-piece band. Um, but, yeah, it'll, it'll be a really explosive night. So, everyone, go get your tickets. Tickets are on sale, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yep, yes, it is. Go to Birdland. So it's time for a game called Speed Throw. I'm going to have 60 okay. seconds to rapid fire some questions at you, and we'll get through as many as we can. All right? You ready? Great. I'll go right. for it. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. What did you have for breakfast today? I had an omelet with goat cheese, spinach, and bacon. Yum. Biggest pet peeve? Um, fake people. What people? Fake Oh yeah, yeah. Three things you can't. <laughs> three things you can't live without. Um, let's see. My wife, my tap shoes, and French fries. If you had a betta fish, what would you name it? Um, it would have to be. Oh my gosh, it would be. First thing that's coming to mind is Herbie from Gypsy. <laughs> New York City or L.A. New York City. Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Fallon. If you were going to dinner at Gaby's house, what would you bring? Um, gosh. Probably an apple pie. One word that sums up your experience in On the Town. Um, open-hearted. One thing you'd like to tell your 15-year-old self. Stop worrying so much. Yeah. That is 60 seconds. <laughs> you and me both at 15. Woo. <laughs> you look good. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. High five. Virtual high five. <laughs> All right. Tony, it's so great talking to you today. Thank you, you too. so much for being on the show. Really appreciate you it. You got it. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Have a good one. I'm going to yep. do a show. Awesome. Go see Tony on Broadway and on the town at the Lyric Theater. Uh, have a good night, everyone, and we will see you all next week. All right, take care. Thanks so much. Thank you.
You have been listening to The Erica Finn Show. We would love to hear from you. Contact the show with any guest requests or comments at the Erica Finn Show at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. 